Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. With me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, and Natalie Campbell. This week, we meet branding expert Kubi Springer, who talks to us all about how you brand yourself like Nike. And we meet a woman who has created the world's first ever water-soluble sanitary towel. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Uh, we're talking all things work and getting ahead because our next guest is a branding expert. She's been doing it with huge companies for several years, the likes of which are L'Oreal, Nike, MTV, all those brands that you recognize. And her new book tells us how you can become your own recognizable brand. Uh, we're very excited to have the fantastic Kubi Springer in the studio with us. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. So your new book, I Am My Brand, How to Build Your Brand Without Apology. Mm. When we talk about someone having a personal brand, there's a part of me that sort of slightly cringes. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Mm. What do we mean by that? So normally when people think of personal branding, they think of self-promotion. And actually what I allude to in the book is it's less about self-promotion and more about self-awareness. And then putting yourself in a position to serve your community or your tribe or your company. Um, and a lot of the times people think, oh, I don't want to do it because I don't like networking. <laughs> because they think networking is about promoting themselves. Mm -hmm. When actually networking is about going out and connecting and joining the dots mm -hmm. and being of service to people in your community so that's what the book's about how do you do that and why did you decide to write it I decided to write it because we're at a time where whilst lots of things have changed, there's still many that hasn't. And one of the interesting statistics that jumped out at me is for every pound that a man earns, women still only earn 81p. And so we're at a place where women are unfortunately not comfortable with positioning their brand and asking for more money and saying, actually, I deserve to be in the room. And for the few of you who are listening, you are good on you, girlfriend. <laughs> but for the rest of us, actually, it's a position it's a place of well now it's time and here are the tools to show you how to do that and so what are some of the key things that um happened over the course of your career that gave you the ahas to pull together the book that's a brilliant question well starting off working with celebrities mm -hmm. so um 
Trevor Nelson and Puff Daddy were my first bosses. Um, and so I worked in New York as kind of a 21-year-old at um, Blue Flame, which is Puffy's marketing agency. And I saw firsthand the brilliance of personal branding. You know, most people don't know that Puffy went to Harvard Business School. Everybody buys into bad boy for life. I did not know yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a genius. He really I is. Mean, I knew that, but I didn't know he'd been to Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a business geek. He's a business. He really yeah. is. He's a businessman. And so, you know, at the time we were all in our 20s. We were all quite young people. And I worked underneath him watching how he was carving out a personal brand and what that looked like without apology. This is, you know, 2001, 2002, where he was launching Sean John Cloven line on Fifth Avenue, mm. first African-American man to be next door to Tiffany's mm -hmm. without apology. And so I had that experience. And then you fast forward a couple of years and I worked with Mariah Carey. And Mariah Carey is a doll. I mean, she's this diva persona. It's just not true. And so, again, I was privy to these amazing now icons who are carving out their careers and doing it very strategically. Yeah, because it looks very, you know, a lot of these people like Puff Daddy, for instance, you you just kind of assume, well, surely his brand or him, you don't necessarily think of personal brand, it's just built out of everything he's doing. But what you're saying is right from the very beginning when he launched his music career, yes. he had a strategy for building a personal brand Absolutely. that would allow him to launch products and build Absolutely. his empire. Absolutely. And and as my career moved on, and, and, and it was wonderful working with somebody like Rio Ferdinand, for example, another example of strategy. So at the time, it was 2006, Rio was part of the starting lineup for England. And he knew at that point, the 80,000 he was getting a week may not last. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, he was saying, how do I start to strategically place myself to now be what we see him as, which is a phenomenal presenter. Mm -hmm. And so doing all of that for the first 10 years of my career, I was like, okay, how do we translate this? to the everyday person. And then I started to do speaking engagements and you know what it's like when you're young, you're under 30, you're a female, tick, 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 tick. Oh, you're black, tick again. <laughs> and so they throw you out to the walls. And so I was doing loads of speaking engagements, seeing people and I'm thinking, you need the tools mm. because actually it's not just for the vlogger, blogger kid. It's not for the puffies of this world. You and I, the everyday person, we need to build our personal brands as well, especially in this era of Brexit. I was going to say, do you, do you think that today's world, because you have got your Instagram, where people have been really good at building personal brands and monetizing their mm. personal brands, um, you know, whether is it, is it more competitive now? Do you just need to have your personal brand as much as you need to have a CV mm -hmm. and a LinkedIn Accounts. Yes, yes. There's a, a statistic that 96% of recruiters will look at your digital footprint before they decide if they're mm. going to invite you for an interview. And if you think about, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that would never be the case. Mm. You could, you know, have a good CV, have a fantastic portfolio, and that would be sufficient. And those days have died with the dinosaurs, coupled with the fact that large corporates. So today I no longer work with celebrities. I, I'm, I'm just too old and just too old. <laughs> <laughs> but today my clients include people like Deloitte and Santander and Facebook. And so now going into large corporates, what the big organizations are saying is that globally it's so competitive that they need their staff to truly own who they are mm. so that they can sell the business better. I also heard that burnout is only caused if you are not living and working authentically mm, and absolutely. that people who get burnout at work it is due to to that. So would, does personal branding, do you think that having a really good personal brand and doing that work could counteract that sort of burnout culture that we seem to have? I think that when you build your personal brand and you start from the premise of who am I, the, the in 
discovery of who you are, you know that things like sleep is important. Mm. I know I need a spa day. <laughs> I know I need a day of not being mummy. Like I yeah. know me now because I've done the work. Mm. And 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 I am my brand is really a twofold book. It's personal development as well as business development because I often say you can't separate the two mm. when you're dealing with the person you know I had a horrible situation happen during the writing of the book where my husband asked for a divorce wow. yeah and yet I still had to deliver on the book mm. and so I put it in the book because I thought well actually I would be fraudulent mm. if I pretended as if life doesn't kick us mm. and what do we do when we have a project at work or you know a contract that we have to deliver on and life does one of those are oh, you kids you know what do you do well you still need to keep going you do need to take time out for mental health purposes you do need to pull on your girlfriends you do need to say to your boss do you mind if i take a couple of weeks knowing that you can bounce back so i put all of that in the book so the word that springs to mind as you're talking there is substance mm. and sometimes i think people confuse personal brand with shiny things yes. like if i twiddle my hands fast enough mm -hmm. people will think i'm brilliant and actually when you stop twiddling your hands mm -hmm. you need to have substance so how do we go from shiny finger twiddling to actually building something with substance well i would first of all say that i so agree with you and the reason why i agree with you is it's too tiring to constantly twiddle your thumbs <laughs> and your hands i mean it's exhausting <laughs> to fake it you know in the, in the early 90s that saying of fake it till you make it i mean stop it just be real <laughs> number one number two is that people can see through the shiny bs mm. and so it's better to just be you yeah and so i take them through the eight pillars of personal branding those eight pillars have been carved out of kind of 24 years lord i sound old 24 years <laughs> or brand marketing and the first thing is saying well what is it that i'm really trying to do and often when we're past 40 which you know maybe some of your listeners are we've forgotten what that vision was maybe we had it at 18 and now we're just paying the mortgage and you know changing diapers and you know living our best life actually let's take a pause and say what is it i'm trying to do because branding is a business driver mm -hmm. and if you're in the business of one where is this branding taking you where's your linkedin taking you mm -hmm. where's this resume taking you so that's the first thing being really clear on the vision the second thing is being cognizant of who and what you are. Mm. What are your values? What do you really stand for? What are your non-negotiables? What is your personal mission statement? You know, a lot of people are putting things on social media without actually thinking about what impact do I want to make in the world? So here's one of my stories. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. Okay. So when I was um, very young, I enjoyed dancing. I went to the Royal Academy of Classical Ballet and I just, I loved the arts. And when I got to 11 years old, I was one of three young girls at the Royal Academy. So it was 1986. Wow. It was myself, a black girl, an Asian girl and an Indian. Everybody else was white English. And normally when you get to the age of 11, you're in a position where you can audition to be part of the national. The national means that you dance at, you know, the Royal Opera House, every girl's ballet dream. And I got to 11 and they called myself and my mum and dad into the office and they said, while she might be talented, she's not allowed to audition for the Court of Ballet. And in that moment, my why was born. Mm. And we all have a why. And my why was that I wanted to show people how to step into their spotlight because somebody told me I wasn't allowed to. Mm. 
Now, of course, I couldn't articulate that at 11. Mm -hmm. But when I now, at 41, <clears throat> look back at my career, <laughs> and I say, okay, that's why I, I loved working with Puffy, because he was unapologetic about standing in his spotlight. That's why I enjoyed working under Kanye King at the Mobile Awards. That's why I enjoyed working, etc., etc. So you start to piece together your career, and your why jumps out at you. Mm. And so when you're doing a contract that might be a bit dull, or, you know, you're going into a networking event that you might feel a bit shy it's not about you it's about that why it's about your true impact that you're going to present to the world and all the shiny stuff mm. it goes away mm. because your why is so real amazing Kubi, we're going to keep talking to you because you just are a fountain of knowledge i'm loving it <laughs> uh, we're going to keep talking to Kubi after this break here on talk radio badass women's hour xl on talk radio she'll get you talking Welcome back to Badass Women's RXL, where we are talking to Kubi Springer, author of I Am My Brand, all about building your personal brand. Kubi, before the break, you were saying how, um, for you, it's really all about knowing your why. Why do we get up and do something? What is our purpose? What are we here for? If people are not sure that their mm. why fits with what they're doing, so they're going, mm. well, I've got a job and I go to work, but I don't think it's really living my purpose. Mm. What do you say to them? I was listening to a piece of comedy yesterday and the comedian said, if you're over 30, over 40, so you just turned 40, you've probably got about 30 more summers to have fun. Oh, wow. Why? Oh, my oh. God. Okay, oh. ladies, that was my reaction. I'm 41 and I was like, switch. <laughs> <laughs> so my response would be, if not now, when? Last year, I was doing an amazing contract with Aston Martin, and I was running a small marketing agency. And on paper, it looked like it was phenomenal. And it was on paper. But I knew deep down in the pit of my tummy that what I really wanted to do was write a book and just tour the world, teaching people how to build their brand and to not do any more marketing. Mm. And I knew that when I was pregnant with my daughter seven years ago. And it took me seven years to pluck up the courage. And I sat in that contract with Aston Martin and it was the last day of fashion week and everybody was having a great time. And I was deeply sad. And I thought, actually, if not now, when? And that's what I would say to everybody. If you know deep down in your tummy that actually you want to be doing something else, if not now, when? Mm. 30 more summers, honey. 30 yeah. more oh. summers. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still <laughs> marinating on that one. Like, I'm like, oh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, so, and I know what I'm doing for the next five. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's different if you say 30 more years. Yeah. Then you're like, yeah. oh, I've got time. Yeah, you're right. But actually, That's if you say 30 more summers, summers. Yeah. That's it. And if you're, you know, 41, 42, 50, like, just count backwards. Um, and so I think it, it is scary. You know, mm. it was really scary for me to pack up my marketing agency and for me to say, actually, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to write a book and I'm going to call it I Am My Brand without apology. It was super scary. But so okay. what? Okay, yeah. right. So if we've only got 30 more summers, I want to get into some detail. Uh, why is branding like dating? Oh, why does everybody ask me that? It's such a good one. Okay, so one of the chapters, branding's like dating. Um, because... Okay, so the audience is women. Let's, let me talk to the sisters for a minute, okay? There are, there's lots of men in this. There's lots of men? Okay, but so just yeah, bear with yeah, us men for yeah, one yeah, minute. Yeah, They'll yeah. get it, but yeah. the women will really get it. Yeah. So, 
think of it like this when you're single when you know you're thinking you might want to meet somebody what do you do you put on your cute dress you do your hair you make sure your makeup's done like you get your ish together you look <laughs> fabulous right that's branding on the surface a lot of people when they think of branding they think brand design hair done makeup done cute dress that's brand design but then if you really want to go beyond just dating and you're really thinking about, am I going to meet somebody that's of substance that might be a life partner? You start to ask some of the harder questions. What are my values? What values do I want in him? Mm. What are my likes? What are my dislikes? What is my goals in life, etc.? You start to ask the questions of substance. So you've now got your design together. You look cute. You now have some substance. You know really what you're looking for. That's branding. The difference between branding and marketing is marketing is now that you look hot, now now you go to the club or you go to the bar or you go to church like whichever one is your preference you can call it linkedin twitter or instagram right that's marketing it's a channel to then be in front of your date, yeah. your tribe. Your potential target audience. Your potential target oh God, audience. I love this metaphor. It's great. Right? But if your ish isn't together as a woman, what yeah. happens? She goes into the club and then she has to do the selling. Look at me. Look yeah. at me. Aren't I cute? But when your ish is together, <laughs> come on, ladies. You go into the bar, the club, church, and you just stand there. And your target audience comes to you. And a lot of people are doing brand marketing, but they haven't worked on the brand. And so that's why I say brand is like dating. Mm. So you guys have gone real quiet. I know, I like, <laughs> I've been thinking. I've been thinking yeah. about. Yeah. I was mainly thinking I need to rebrand my dating yeah. profile. That's <laughs> yeah, I'm walking into that club, not right. <laughs> there are lots of what I love about this book is there are lots of actual practical exercises. So you're, yeah. I mean, quite often people write a book and they tell you how to do it in the book, but you've got to then go and do it. And mm. you're like, no, okay, stop do the exercise and work through it. If somebody is coming to this book and they're sort of flicking through, what is the bit you're going to tell them if you do nothing else, just do this one thing? So it's interesting because in the introduction I say, um, if you're not going to do the work, close the book and gift it to your girlfriend. Because Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm so tired of Instagram bumper stickers. Yeah. You know, hashtag live your best life. <laughs> Feel the fear and do it anyway. Like I'm so <laughs> bored of them. Yeah. How do we actually transform? Um, and so what I've done, not only have I said in the book there's work to be done, but also if you go to my website, shebosbrands.com, there's downloadable worksheets. There's videos you can watch to support the book. Because sometimes you're reading and you're thinking, mm, what does that mean? So to answer your question, what would I say is the best part? Chapter one. A lot of people are going to jump to the middle of the book. They might jump to deal negotiations. But actually, a bit like branding is like dating. If you haven't got your brand together, how do you know what to negotiate? You know, no wonder you're not feeling confident about asking for a pay rise because you haven't started at the beginning identifying how do I pull together the mm. evidence. Mm. So I would say to anybody who reads it, start at the beginning. And actually halfway through, because I know they're going to do this, I say something. I'm like, uh-uh, you don't get this, do you? That's because you go back to the beginning. <laughs> so you've actually gotten deep into the psychology of how people are going to read the book. What's your hope once they have... What's your hope for how people show up at the end? My hope is that we are all much more comfortable with owning our differences. Mm. Um, when the publishers said they wanted to put me on the front cover, I freaked all the way out. And I talk about your gremlins in the book. You know, we all have these little gremlins that say, you're too ugly, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too tall. And mine showed up. Mm. And mine showed up because I was like, I'm not Michelle Obama. I'm not, you know, Oprah. Who's going to buy this book with my face on the cover? And then I had to say, hold on a minute. 
you're telling your tribe to be unapologetic. And so what I really want people to do is to work through and work on themselves and get to a place where they know that their difference is their strengths that you do not need to assimilate. You do not need to change. You don't need to be part of the boys club. You need to be you, unapologetically you, because the world needs you to show up. And now you've said it, actually, it would be really odd to have a book called I Am My Brand and then not have a photo <laughs> of you. I yeah. try, sweetie, yeah. I do. I try. <laughs> I was like, let's do some graphics. <laughs> which is that poor dad? No. But actually, it, 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 you're right. It, yeah. Absolutely. But I was scared. And we're all scared. And I think too many of us don't don't, don't say it publicly enough mm. you know oh look at my social media followers no i was scared mm. and if you're feeling scared that's okay it's normal but you're fabulous through it so work through it and show up anyway yeah can we for people that are starting out in their career and they're like well i don't know really who i am and i don't mm. know what i want to do and i might change my mind anyway i actually say that's people starting out i change my mind at least twice a week mm -hmm. um <laughs> Is saying this is my personal brand, is that a commitment? Look at my little commitment phobic self. Is, <laughs> yeah. it, is it a commitment or is it is is there a flex in it? Can we say actually who I was at twenty is not who I am at thirty, not who I'm at forty? Yes, absolutely. I think the truth of the matter is is that the commitment is to self. And actually if you go back to when you're a child, the true core you is still there. So I'm a performer, right? I used to love dancing. Now I speak on stages. That's not by accident. Mm. I'm performing, but I'm just performing in a different way. And for a long time when I injured my knee, I then said, Oh, I'm not a performer anymore. I'm a marketeer. All of a sudden I was grown up. And actually, no, that's not true. I'm a performer. Own it. But as we go through life, as we change, as we get older, as demands of lives come upon us, who we are shows up in different ways. So my only request is that your commitment is to who you really are. How you want to present that to the world, by all means, that will change. And it should change. Otherwise, it'll be boring. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, Kivi, it's been absolutely amazing talking to you. I think, I don't know, but I feel like one of your personal brand values is energy and enthusiasm. <laughs> you bring it in space. Oh, bless um, you. So thank you so much for coming in thank and checking us. I Am My Brand out now. It is out now. Yes. Uh, How to Build Your Brand Without Apology. It's a brilliant book. I am going to be working through it tomorrow. Taking my notes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. 
we are talking all about wait for it it's the time of the show periods <laughs> uh gentlemen listening how much do you know about the practicalities of a woman's period and i don't just mean when does your other half come on and is she going to be grumpy i mean do you know what type of sanitary products she uses do you know why she uses them do you know what the impact is they have on the environment uh well these were the questions that got our next guest thinking dr olivia arn is the founder of polypop a new form of sanitary towel which is going to change maybe how menstruation in the 21st century works hello olivia hello everyone thank you so much for having me <laughs> um so tell us the story of what happened when you asked your flatmate to pick up some sanitary products yes so myself and aaron were housemates in our penultimate year at uni i was on my period and evidently run out of products asked him to pick up some on the run home and he came back with about half the entire shop <laughs> um it was then we had the longest conversation it was completely new because i'd only i'd only ever talked about it with women so everyone sort of was in the same boat i never felt like i had to explain myself but this was the first time that he was asking questions that i was sort of answering with i'm it's just always the way it is um and then he actually opened up one of the pads which was a perfume dawn and he was like how can you wear this this stinks um <laughs> quite literally <laughs> and so we end i sort of challenged it quite flippantly to say why don't you create a better pad um and so he did um, um, and we created the first bi- like we were created the first prototype which was a biodegradable pad um and then from there we were testing it and we went through some competitions so the first one was the imperial women's innovation competition um and sort of went through um and then we were talking to our customers and realized that even if we created the best biodegradable pad there's still no really convenient way of disposing of it because the only way you get it to break down is in a compost bin and you don't see any public toilets with it how many people at home have a proper compost bin and even on when you go to biodegradable um sanitary product websites they suggest you cut it up with scissors which i i personally no. wouldn't like to do <laughs> no. um and then we realized that you know over 2 million pads and liners in the uk are flushed down our toilets every day so that is a shocking every day i know yeah. it's a shocking figure um and that's just pads and liners forgetting wet wipes and forgetting tampons and everything else that yeah. people flush away and so i thought well why not make something that is flushable um so for almost 2 years now um and we have done it um we have created a flushable sanitary pad that has a similar environmental Uh, impact as toilet paper. Um mm. so this really I wanted to offer women a better alternative to other sanitary products out there. Um because I'm not there's so many different types of products that you can use and there's been a lot of development in the reusable product area um which doesn't always fit in with the modern lifestyle if you're traveling or if you're just not comfortable with some of the reusable products. There is no smart way of disposing your products away. It's either ending up in the landfill which takes over like 400 800 years to degrade away or ends up being incinerated which releases toxic fumes or it gets flushed away um with our products because they're water dispersible if they end up in the landfill it just needs to rain um and if you won't ever see a polypop pad in the ocean because it will disintegrate um, and away. when you say water disposable so i've seen a demo of this product mm. and it literally it, it it breaks down you know like when toilet paper has been in water for a long long time and mm. if you gave yeah. it a stir it would just be like fractions it literally does that it is incredible what you guys have created thank you thank you aaron has been absolutely incredible i mean he's really used his background he's a biomedical and design engineer so really done that to really think about the 
the shape of the female body as well and create pads that aren't just, you know, stamping cut. Because you said you, you're a doctor, is that correct? Yes. yes, you're a doctor. And you said actually part of it, part of the development was you talking to your patients, your yes. friends, everyone, and asking them their experiences. What were some of the things that they told you? So there was a range of things that, but the first thing that really struck me was that there was a general lack of confusion and there was no real clear way to really better understand your body unless you had a proper diagnosis. So I had a very personal start to this because I really struggled with my periods. I later got diagnosed with endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome, but until I got those labels, it was very, very difficult to get any of my issues addressed because mm -hmm. it was it was simply either just, oh, it's female issues or it's just your time of the month or it's just your hormones. And it was very difficult for even myself with a medical background to properly understand it. And that is very much echoed across with many friends and patients I've spoken to because the way that you can find out about your periods is either through your school, which you, the level of female education throughout the UK wildly varies depending on what your teachers say, mm. as well as your family and sort of your close friends and circles. Um, and so there were also, surprisingly, a lot of young men who um, came and spoke to us when we were at exhibitions who are really shocked at sort of how much ignorance that they felt that they had and so were really, really keen to know more. Um, and so I was like, this is, this is such a great time to start talking about it. It and sort of get this awareness going because it doesn't just affect women mm -hmm. um, and then it's been absolutely fantastic journey yeah so what happens now you've got you've got the product are you selling it are you not yet. manufacturing yeah. it what happens next so we are just finishing up our um, R&D with the product and we'll be sending that out for the fine to flush certification around the end of this year and we'll be looking to launch in summer next year so look out for us Great. if you want to trial up our trial packs we'll be doing customer trials and things beforehand so if you go to our website um, you can sign up there and we'll send those products out to you for testing that and tell us exactly exciting. yeah it is but my so my one question is our periods blood is is liquid yes so i'm guessing there's a there's a it's a chemical reaction and something to do with the water compounds that makes it disintegrate because i was just yeah. like would i be wearing it and it's not <laughs> disintegrate what's going on here yeah so that's something that we've been working really hard on because we were keen that it has to perform the same or better than other products because mm -hmm. the first and foremost is a sanitary pad so we're lucky because the properties of blood are fundamentally different to water with the cells in it with the the, the osmotic effect that you get from cells on water is different as well as the temperature you get and the duration of use Women are only recommended to wear it for about six to eight hours, but we test it for up to 24. Um, we're saying do not wear it for 24 hours, <laughs> but we're saying just in case you're caught out, at least we know that it will last you till then. Um, but yes, that is definitely that with something that we've been made sure to work on as well. Right. Were there, when you were designing it, were there any kind of, I guess, features or issues in the design of it that you weren't expecting or that kind of, as a woman who thinks, well, I have a period every month and I know how it works, was there anything you were like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that? Yeah, so a lot of my, a lot of Aaron and mine research into sanitary products was basically cutting up pads that we could buy <laughs> and ripping them open and seeing what we, cut, what we could find. And it was quite shocking for us how basic a lot of the materials inside pads were, but at the extent quite expensive a price that you have to buy them at not even mentioning on top of that you've got you know the tampon period tax um but it was really shocking how 
quite similar all of these different products were and no real sort of innovation had really occurred in sanitary pads themselves for quite a long time so we sought to you know rethink each of the layers and rethink the design and make sure that we got it right um, for women. What do you think uh, Aaron brought to this project in the fact that you know he is a man I love the fact that he's taken interest in this yeah. and he saw it as a, as, a, as a bit of a challenge but how much did his his different perspective having having never experienced periods in that way how much did that bring to the to the design and yeah. development of the product it was a really refreshing view because obviously i have a quite biased view i've been have the culture of what i'm having been brought up in manchester and just being like you know don't it's across the uk but don't talk about periods in public it's quite a private matter in a restaurant you stuff the pad up your sleeve to go yeah. to the toilet and aaron sort of put, helped break those boundaries down and just asking but why why do you have to do that why is it something that you have to be ashamed of and it was it was interesting to get that from a male perspective and it is fantastic because his conversations with the women that we work with and the people who want to use our product is really refreshing because he's obviously talked to hundreds of women about their periods and <laughs> has heard of everything um, and has managed to really understand and sort of put that into his product which is mm. great. Oh, I love him. <laughs> he is fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Okay, on the show. Are you <laughs> going to take this into tampons? Because we know that that's a, mm. people flushing tampons, which are not meant to be flushed because they don't biodegrade, is a really big problem. Is that your next? Yes. Next so plan? the because the first thing we're launching is one type of sanitary pad. Yeah. So it's the day pad. So once we've done that, we'll quite easily expand into night and line at night pads and liners. After then, we're definitely going to be looking at tackling the tampon. Um, there's certain things that we have to consider because um, the behavioural uses of when someone uses a tampon, sometimes people go swimming with them or do water-based activities. Mm -hmm. So we have to consider, is a flushable tampon the best way or shall we try and do a flushable tampon applicator? So that's something that we are thinking oh. about. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> uh, Olivia, thank you so much for coming in thank and chatting you. to us about it. I'm just so excited that you are actually changing something that, and I have exactly the same feeling about it that you did which is when Aaron was like but why does it work like this and it's just well because that's how it works yeah. and so I love it when people come in and say actually we're going to tackle that and make it better thank you Great. for doing that um, Dr you. Olivia Arn founder of Polypop good luck with that I can't wait to see it on shelves One, two, three, four. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me Harriet Minter Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton if you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.